Hi, this is Steve Albers, and welcome back to the Onsites Insights Podcast. We're back today with Bree Posey, one of our physical therapists here at Onsite Solutions Physical Therapy. Our Onsites Insights title for July is Keeping Your Curve. Basically, we're discussing the back, why the back is curved, and ways to keep the back itself healthy. So, Bree, I was hoping you could start us off with an overview of the back and why it's curved, etc. So when we're discussing the back, I'd like to kind of take it as kind of the entire spine, especially when we're talking about keeping your curves. When you look at your spine, it's shaped like an S, right? There's curves at your neck, curves at your upper back, curves at your low back, and then even down into kind of your tailbone. So the idea behind keeping your curves is we want that shape to stay. A lot of times when you look at people's posture, they've kind of lost those curves and they've turned their body into like one big C, right? It's like their entire spine makes a C from their, from their tailbone all the way up to their head because they're kind of in that slumped posture, I guess. Not, mm-hmm. that's not, I don't even think that's a word, but <laughs> that is what I would say. If you're looking around, I, I remember doing an assignment in physical therapy school, actually, and we had to go to a really busy location, which we probably wouldn't be able to do now with COVID, but to go to a location and look and actually count the number of people that had good posture that were quote unquote, keeping their curves. And it, I remember I went to a mall and I just mm-hmm. sat on a bench and I just watched people as they were sitting, as they were eating, as they were moving. And it's astounding how many people don't have good posture, right? But that translates to so many other things that you do. So that's why I'm saying to be aware of how your body is moving and making sure that you are having that nice shoulders back core engaged, neck is, you know, your chin is back. You don't want your head to be super, super far forward. Then we lose the curve up in your neck, right? We don't want your shoulders to be super forward. Then we lose the curve. We in kind of, ex, you know, make the curve in your upper back even more pronounced actually than what we would want it to be. One thing to consider and think about too, is a lot of kind of those back pain, neck pain, a lot of those things aren't even genetic. There are very few of those things that are genetic. Most of them are just habitual Mm -hmm. or based on your posture that translates into what you do at work or what you do for activity. And then that can kind of turn into injury and pain. But the vast majority of those injuries are just because we have bad posture, (laughs) unfortunately, you know, and the, the tricky part is everything that we do in our lives for the most part and in our world is in front of us. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about it, we drive, we type, we eat, we watch TV. Everything is in front of us. Nothing is behind us. Mm-hmm. We also have gravity that's kind of forcing us to kind of slump a little bit as well. So we kind of have to fight that a lot and make sure that we're staying kind of upright and strong as much as possible. Okay. No, that makes sense. And, and I'm loving the word slump. Yeah. Um, can let's start off with a little bit of uh, anatomy. Start off with the vertebrae. What are they? What do they do? What do they look like? Yeah. So if you were to look at a vertebrae, it's kind of like a big circular structure. And then there's some, there's two things that stick off to the side. And then there's a, a spinous process or another thing that kind of sticks off of the back. Those kind of, they're bigger at your low back, right? Because you need to be able to kind of take more force and more pressure and then okay. they kind of get smaller as you work your way kind of up towards your neck. Okay. Um, you have two really 
special unique ones kind of up in your neck as well that kind of help you nod yes and no. Um, those ones look a little bit different, but other than that, all the way down the chain, they kind of have very similar structure. They just vary in size based on smaller up at your neck, bigger down kind of towards, towards your low back. Um, they're kind of on a slant if you look at them, but that's, that was designed that way, um, <laughs> in order to be able to take the force kind of as you, as you kind of move down the chain. Now there is a ton of muscular attachments that happen at mm -hmm. those processes on, or the, those kind of the bony parts that stick out on the side and the bony part that sticks out on the back. Lots of stuff connects to that, right? A lot of back right. muscles in order to help you stay stable. Mm -hmm. Your um, spinal cord also runs through kind of the inside. You know, if you were to look at the kind of that big bony circular part, and then if there's that part that's sticking out the back, there is a little kind of window right there that's, that's okay. where that spinal cord runs. So if you've heard of somebody who has had a spinal cord injury or broken their back and kind of now is having some issues with nerve, you know, whatever, that's because that's exactly where that runs. Mm -hmm. So it is a really, it's protected, but it's really delicate at the same time. Right. Um, when you really stop and think about it. Yeah, it's protected by the the big part of the vertebrae in the front, but in the back, there's only, there's not a ton. Back yeah, there it's pretty thin bone back really there. really thin bone, yeah. And so it, it can be kind of a tricky area, mm -hmm. definitely. Um, you know, you also have a lot of nerves that kind of run out from, on each side mm -hmm. of, of that vertebrae that go down to your legs and control different areas of your legs or up in the neck, go down to your arms as mm -hmm. well. So if you've ever had any neck pain that feels like it's giving you nerve symptoms, or if you've probably heard of radiculopathy, that might be a word that you're familiar with. Sometimes that can be because the nerves are being affected as mm -hmm. they're coming out of your spine and into um, the, the extremity, whether it be your, your arm or your leg. Okay. Now I'm sure, I'm sure all of our listeners have heard about slip discs, herniated discs. Um, can you tell us what the disc is and what its function is? Yeah. So my professor in physical therapy, actually, he likened it to a jelly donut. And, you know, is it exactly like that? No, but it's a really good analogy and kind of yeah, visual representation of what it is, right? There's kind of this fibrous structure on the outside, and then there's this kind of gelatinous sort of middle part, right? Kind of like the jelly. Um, and for me, it was a really easy visual visualization of potentially what that would look like. The mm -hmm. discs basically kind of just make sure that the bones aren't rubbing together, right? Okay. We don't want... The same thing in your knee, your shoulder, your ankle, anytime that bones rub on each other, it's not fun. It doesn't feel good, mm -hmm. right? You want a kind of a cushion. So the disc, ask, the disc acts kind of as that cushion to make sure that the, the vertebrae can kind of slide and glide really easily upon each other. So mm -hmm. it doesn't feel rough. Um, you know, and I think that the, that's kind of what the, the disc structure is. It's, it's got that that nice kind of protective outside. And then there's kind of that gelatinous, it is quite water filled as well. There's a right. lot of water. So if you've, I'm sure you've probably heard that when you go to sleep and you wake up, you're taller than as you kind of go yep, through right. the day or, <laughs> or, you know, we shrink as we age because we lose that disc space and we lose that water um, in the disc. And that, that is very true. You know, I think, um, I think my, my grandma would attest to that. She's <laughs> like, she was, well, 
she is no longer with us, but she went from like five two to like four eleven. She's oh, wow. getting smaller and smaller <laughs> and smaller. So yeah, I think that you know that's that's one of those things. If you have heard of a disc or if you've heard of a disc injury, it's kind of like it works as um like a ball bearing, if you will, of kind of that rotational movement as well as kind of forward and back and side to side. Okay. So what is a herniation then? So if you've heard of the word herniation or um or slip disc. Or a slip disc yeah. or a ruptured disc. I mean there's a bunch of different terminology out there, but basically what kind of what they all mean usually is that that inner kind of jelly donut has kind of squirted out and it is now pressing on something. Mm -hmm. Usually it's a nerve, right? So Mm -hmm. if you, if you have part of that jelly donut that kind of goes out and it's pressing on a nerve in your low back, now you might have numbness and tingling into your leg, or you might even feel like your leg is really, really weak. Mm -hmm. Um, in my professional experience, usually that happens with some sort of pretty big injury. Okay. Um, not always, but I, you know, it usually comes with either forceful lifting where the object was way too heavy <laughs> or um, kind of a bent twist motion with a force, something like that, where there usually is something pretty big that happens. Now is I've, I have seen some where it's like, it kind of was like a slow build, mm-hmm. but for the most part, um, the ones that I've seen have to be a kind of a significant mechanism of injury just because it is, it, it is, it takes a decent amount to get that to like, right. Leave where it's supposed to be. Right. Exactly. Yeah. When I was in school, one of the professors talked about if you have a balloon and there's a weak spot in a balloon, and then you get that little extra bump on a balloon. That's kind of what a slip disc or herniated disc looks like as well. Sure, yeah, and that that's a great description as well. You know, and you can. I think that one thing that is a common misconception: you can have a herniation without having pain as well, mm-hmm. right? So I think. MRIs are wonderful. There are gold standard of diagnostic testing, but also sometimes that image does not always translate to pain. So that's, I think, something to be thoughtful of if you are having pain or if you're dealing with kind of some back injuries or issues. Sometimes you might see stuff on an MRI that doesn't necessarily correlate with what you're feeling pain-wise and Mm -hmm. kind of like vice versa. Incidental findings. Yeah, exactly. So it can be frustrating sometimes, but I think in the grand scheme of things, usually that MRI can kind of help give you a little peace of mind, or at least it will will solidify what you're also thinking or what your doctor is thinking as well. But kind of, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's... just an educational tool, I okay. think, for sure. Yeah. Now, you had mentioned when we were talking about the vertebrae that they're they're pretty flat on top, but they're not necessarily the same width from front to back. Mm-hmm. So if you were to actually stack vertebrae, they would not even stack straight Correct. up and down. Um, so which is part of what causes the curve in the back. Mm-hmm. Why is the back curved? Yeah, so the back is curved in order to kind of be able to absorb shock in that way, right? Okay. So think about if um, if you like had something that was like straight up and down, 
you're not going to be able to potentially absorb as much as if there is a little kind of curve or bend into it. It's kind of like a spring where it can mm -hmm. kind of absorb and kind of move and flex instead of something where it's like a hard stack and it literally you hit it and there's absolutely like no translation of force whatsoever. Right. right? We want to be able to absorb and then like translate it out instead of just like taking it and it has nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. Um, so I have no idea why it was designed that way, <laughs> but it was, it was designed that way with being able to have flexibility as well as strength. So right. I think if you, if you were to adjust it either to be less flexible or more flexible, you would sacrifice one of those two things. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so what are some causes of back pain? So many things. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think some of the things that you probably have heard of are what we were discussing where it's the disc injuries mm -hmm. or it's, um, you've probably also heard of a pinched nerve. I know mm -hmm. that, that one is one that people hear a lot osteoporosis, arthritis, muscle spasms, or um, strain sprain type injuries where maybe you just kind of did actually aggravate the muscle, but now you're getting kind of those, those spasm okay. things. Stenosis, that's another one. That's kind of where the spinal column starts to kind of get a little bit smaller mm -hmm. um, kind of over time and with age. And then you can start feeling some more nervy type things with that one as well you might have also heard of uh sciatica even though that's mm -hmm. technically not necessarily at your low back could be potentially <laughs> more coming from like your piriformis but that is neither here nor there but that's another one that i think a lot of people associate with back pain it's sometimes hard to differentiate out because radiculopathy can look that way too right right so that's where a physical therapist comes into play of doing that examination and evaluation mm -hmm. to be able to kind of do special testing, nerve testing, that type of stuff to kind of figure out where that's coming from. Um, you know, you can also have scoliosis or another mm -hmm. abnormal curvature, which sometimes that comes with pain. Sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> um, fractures from any significant injury, motor vehicle accident, uh -huh. something like that. Um, and then there's also like other ones that you, that have really long words, but basically where the vertebrae shift <laughs> on each other. Right. So that can happen. I've seen a few in gymnasts, uh, mm -hmm. or different, different athletes or sports like that, where you're doing a, a ton of lumbar extension mm -hmm. or you're in one posture that's causing a ton of force in only one plane. Mm -hmm. Um, those can kind of happen where they kind of slip on each other. And so then now, instead of having that nice curve where it's absorbing the shock the way that it's supposed to, that shock is kind of getting all messed up because they're not like nice and solid on each other. Right. You know, the, the nice thing too about having the back being curved is now we're able to have multiple planes of motion. Versus if it was straight, you'd pretty much only be able to maybe go forwards and backwards and maybe side to side. Right. Versus we can rotate and mm -hmm. there, there's a lot more coupled motion, yeah. you would say, right? Yep. So it's more dynamic motion instead of just kind of a straight plane. Right. That helps us get turn and get to wherever we need to in and out of cars. I mean, there's a lot of back motion getting in and out of cars. Yeah, exactly. Um, so in your... 
experience, what's the most common cause of pain in the back? So generally speaking, I think the most common cause, if I were to say, if I were to just look at what I've seen over my career, usually it's just postural in nature, mm -hmm. meaning the core is super weak, the glutes are super weak, the hips are super tight, the hamstrings are super tight. You know, we kind of, in physical therapy, we have a term where we kind of call it like a lower cross syndrome, mm -hmm. meaning there's this imbalance of weakness and strength and tightness and um, kind of from front to back and back to front, mm -hmm. right? So that, if I were to say like, what I see the most often or what I notice comes along with low back pain every single time. Mm -hmm. It's usually that. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. So let's talk about what can be done to prevent some of this back pain and some back injuries. Um, I've heard people talk about even just saying hydrate. It can help prevent back pain. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little more about that? Yeah. I think that, when it comes to hydration and i know we're that's not exactly our topic but being hydrated is incredibly important for your body yeah you know you've probably heard the body is two-thirds of water but it's true your heart <laughs> your lungs your skin your you know your muscular system everything runs off of water your disc and your low back they're made of water so if you're not getting that intake mm -hmm. you're your body cannot be efficient. You're not going to have efficient muscle contractions. You're not going to have efficient movement through your spine. You know, your cardiac output isn't going to be efficient. Everything right. will start to decrease and decline. And as mm -hmm. that happens, you're just increasing your risk of injury, right? Because you're not moving as smoothly or as efficiently as you, as you could. Mm -hmm. So I do think, yes, the kind of the side benefit of staying hydrated is making sure that your discs are you know healthy but in the grand scheme of things please 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 hydrated. <laughs> and i'm i'm in the same boat as you sometimes it's really easy for me to get enough water intake yeah. in the day and sometimes it's really really hard um and i think trying to make it a priority you know as much as you can and same thing as kind of we talked about with the with the stretching last month is you just have to do little bits and pieces. Mm -hmm. If you try to like dive in and try to, okay, I'm going to drink a hundred, you know, a hundred ounces of water today. That's probably not manageable or sustainable. Mm -hmm. You have to find kind of that kind of easier way in and find the sustainability piece for you. But I think a few things when it comes to back pain is yeah. Making sure you're staying active. Right. A lot of us have now moved from the office to home. So we're not working out of the house. We're not being as active maybe as we used to be. Luckily in Minnesota now it's starting to get a little warmer so people can like vacate their basements um, and get outside. But the body craves movement. Right. I think uh -huh. that a lot of times you get in that rut where you feel like, okay, I don't want to move. I don't want to move. I don't want to move. But then you start to get achy and stiff and sore. So, fidgety. And fidgety, right? Yeah. So the more active you are, the better. Um, making sure, you know, big picture, make sure your hamstrings are super loose, right? That's one, one key muscle that I think a lot of us have tightness 
with because what we do, we sit at our computer, we sit and drive to and from work or wherever you're going. So we have, we tend to have hamstring tightness, which can kind of affect how your pelvis moves, which affects how your low back moves as well. Yeah. It's crazy how much the, basically the upper leg through the hips and pelvis and even up towards the mid back, they're mm -hmm. so interconnected mm -hmm. that you really have to make sure everything's healthy in those areas. Right. And I think that that's a great point. You know, a lot of times, and I have had many patients that have been frustrated with how interconnected it is, Right. you know, <laughs> you're like, well, I've had back pain for, you know, 10 years and I feel like, I should just be able to stretch my back and then it's all good. And it's like, well, you also have to consider that's literally in the very center of your entire body. Right. Right. So if that is being affected, everything out from there is going to be affected. Mm -hmm. So it, I would just say to anybody who is dealing with back pain, be patient with yourself and stay the course. Cause it will, it will write itself. Your hard work that you're doing will pay off. It's mm -hmm. just that, it is. There's a lot that goes into it all the way to your foot and yeah. to your shoulder, to your neck. You know what I mean? Like they all, everything, you know, your spine drives so much of that motion. Mm -hmm. So if things surrounding it aren't healthy, you kind of got to look at those too, <laughs> unfortunately. But yeah. And I think core strength is always, is always a huge one too. And I think that we, sometimes people don't really know what that, means but it's kind of just that entire you know from your belly all the way down mm -hmm. to your back that kind of corset of making sure that that's nice and strong and stable so that when you're lifting moving you know running playing sports working all those things your back is protected because mm -hmm. you're using your strong belly muscles to help you out yeah um so let's move on to um how we can tell different kinds of back pain there's what we what we in the industry call red flags different things that we need to look for to tell how serious an injury is um, give us some tips and tricks for us to say is this just a general soreness or do i need to go to the er yes so big top things to look for is if you feel like one of or both of your legs are significantly weak that's one if you are finding that you're unable to like lift up your foot or what we would call like a foot drop mm -hmm. that's another thing to immediately go see someone if you've had any change in your bowel or your bladder mm -hmm. right there should be nothing that changes with that and if it does that's something to get in right away and talk to someone about if you've been in a accident or had a very significant force to your low back see someone immediately i don't mm -hmm. care if you feel okay you should still go in just to double check it's one of those situations where i would rather you go in and have it get an x-ray have everything be cleared then wait for a little while and then have something catastrophic actually be wrong those types of situations where you do have that instantaneous you know impactful injury like you said a car accident or something hits you um, those symptoms may not show up for a few days yeah. and if you are all of a sudden having troubles 
holding it, if you're not making it to the bathroom in time, that's that incontinence. Mm -hmm. um, again, that's a huge red flag um, for those kinds of injuries. Yeah. Another one too that I didn't really discuss is that kind of if you're having numbness in what we would call a saddle like position, right? So if you're sitting on a saddle and mm -hmm. on a horse, if you're having numbness through that area along and it sometimes can come with that ball bladder stuff and sometimes it doesn't, mm -hmm. that's another one to get in right away. Okay. So if I don't have any of those symptoms, mm -hmm. what should I start thinking of as far as like self-treatment at home, at least initially? Initially, I would say, you know, if you're having a ton, a ton of pain, rest, obviously, that's mm -hmm. probably your best bet. Find what position is comfortable for you. Sometimes that's putting your feet up onto some pillows or flip over a laundry basket or onto an ottoman or something like that. Sometimes that can alleviate some back pain. Heater ice, whichever one feels better to you. Usually if it's an acute injury, we would lean more towards ice. But at the same time, sometimes heat feels better for people. Mm -hmm. And that's okay by me. I My preference is whatever feels good to you mm -hmm. is okay by me. What I would also consider or be thoughtful about is I don't want you to just completely like lay around forever though, right? I want you to try some gentle stretching, try to move around, try to be as active as you can mm -hmm. um, within reason. Right? Yeah. If you're in excruciating, excruciating pain and all you can do is rest, that's okay. Let your body rest. But, um, you know, gentle rocking your knees side to side, trying to bring one knee to your chest, like different, very easy, you know, tiny little things like that, you know, trying to just get your belly button to pull down towards your spine. If you're laying there on your back, just different things like that, where at least you're moving a little bit okay. without feeling like you're going to run a marathon. Okay. Yeah. This is some great information. Um, so what are some more resource, resources that we can uh, go to to learn more about back health? Are there some websites that are better than others or what, what's your suggestions? I think the internet is full of a lot of information, right? So you do have to be really careful about what sources you're looking at. There are so many places out there that have information such as the Mayo Clinic website. That's if I were to say, if you're looking just kind of as a general person, that's mm -hmm. always a good one to go to. Yeah. Anything like that, American, you know, College of Sports Medicine, um, the the APTA or the American Physical Therapy Association, different places like that that kind of have that backing yeah. um, of a scientific, you know, nature, definitely better than a Wikipedia or a, just a general kind of you know, men's health or women's health or something like that. They're not going to lead you super far astray, but I do mm -hmm. think that if you are, if you are dealing with an episode of low back pain, or if you just kind of have dealt with it for many, many years, your best bet is to speak with a physical therapist. I think that because we are the musculoskeletal kind of specialists in mm -hmm. the arena of kind of the medical community, and that's what we we focus on. Mm -hmm. We would be able to kind of work with you on stretching, exercise, strengthening, you know, different ways to make sure you're lifting appropriately. Or if there are things that you have to do at work 
we can be able to kind of figure out those with you of ways to make them easier on your body or at least stretches to do in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. You know, right. if you if you work at a company that has an on-site PT, please talk with them as well. That's Definitely. always a really great option or an on-site ATC or a Cairo, somewhat something of that nature. If you do have somebody at your company already or somebody that you know use your network definitely yeah. <laughs> um we have our blog on our insights blog that's always a good a good uh resource as well yeah i think that those are probably your best bet you can always contact us as well we'll give you some some ideas but i would yeah. definitely recommend if you're if you're pursuing physical therapy um speak with probably your primary care doctor first minnesota is a direct access state mm -hmm. however a lot of insurances don't always um yeah, they don't always cover that first interaction without yes. a referral from a physician of some sort right yeah, yeah. so just sense. to cover yourself to make sure that you don't get a big bill <laughs> i would i would get the referral even exactly. though you can go directly to a physical therapist mm -hmm. just check with your insurance provider before you decide to yeah. do that because i would hate for you to get a <laughs> a bill and not know anything was going on. That's, exactly. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> well, Bree, super appreciate you being on the show again today. Appreciate your expertise and information. Thank you to our listeners for checking out the Onsite Insights podcast, which is presented by Onsite Solutions Physical Therapy. Uh, like Bree said, for more information about Onsite Insights, including other topics or to learn more about our company, please check us out at onsitesolutionspt.com. Follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And again, thank you so much for listening and check out our next podcast on hydration. <music>